Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Melina Lee Williams Haas. I deeply appreciate you listening and taking the time to hang out with me. I will be addressing issues of life, the universe, and everything that are often bogged down and mired in shame and grief, and talk about how they can be repackaged to be useful and gorgeous and fucking awesome for you. So, sit back and relax, or, you know what, sit up and freak out, however you prefer to listen. Let's go. I joined TikTok not too long ago, and that was over some resistance because, A, someone else already had Molina spelled the way I spell it, which is super unusual. So I was like, who the fuck is this? What the? But I joined anyway, and I will tell you why. It's because the beautiful and talented buddy of mine, who actually might be my secret DNA twin, I'm not sure, Sunny Megatron. And I'll put a link to her podcasts down in the show notes. We were having a chat, as we do, about life, the universe, everything, kink, BDSM, good scene gossip. And she mentioned to me that there was a whole swath of, swath? Swath? Swath. It's a whole fuck ton of people on TikTok who were purporting to be experts on kink and BDSM and were issuing advice. And I was like, well, good. The kids need to know the things. She was like, master the advice is shite. And I was like, oh, God. And so I went on TikTok and clicked through a few hashtags and saw what people were posting under those hashtags and became immediately alarmed, opened an account and just posted one TikTok. And I was like, if this is all I put out, this is enough. At the time, we were actually in Portugal in a gorgeous rental house. And I posted a TikTok on the Prime Directive. And for those of you who've been following along here, there's a whole episode on the Prime Directive. It is the first episode, in fact. So you can go back and listen to that. If you're like the what, the who, you should know what that is. And it immediately rocketed up and people were like, oh my God, this is revolutionary. And I'm like, everyone, this is a pretty basic kink and BDSM trope. I mean, it's not anything new. I didn't come up with it. I don't ever take credit for it. So many people I know utilize that that metric in their relationships in that, long story short, it is a primary responsibility of the submissive or slave to protect the property at all costs up to and including from the master or owner themselves. And it's really awesome and it's really elegant and I go in depth into it in this other episode, so go freaking click through on it. And what the fact that so many people found this so revolutionary taught me is that despite the fact that we have exponentially more vectors for gathering information than we did when I came into the scene back in the mid nineties. And yet there's still so much misinfo out there. And there's so many people who are building themselves up by putting themselves in the position of experts. So I realized what I wanted to do was to just do a real basic episode about 101 kink and BDSM shit. And I'm just going to hit on a couple of topics. And it's also going to be a good introduction for folks who maybe don't do kink or BDSM. I'm like, what the fuck is that? How do you do this? How the fuck am I? So that's what we're talking about today. So come join me. If you're someone who is curious about kink and BDSM, but has no doggone idea where to start, I got you. 
First off, I'm the co-author of a book called Playing Well with Others, The Guide to Exploring, Navigating, and Discovering the Kink, Leather, and BDSM Relationships. You can find that on Amazon, and I'll put a link in the description. But let's say you want a more personal one-on-one interaction. I got you, fam. Go to thekinkdoula.com. It's T-H-E-K-I-N-K-D-O-U-L-A. You may be familiar with the concept of doulas from childbirth, but what about rebirthing yourself? What about going deep within and uncovering the secrets and wondrous discoveries that maybe, just maybe, have been hiding from you or you've been hiding from yourself for a long time? You want to talk about your secret fetish, your kink, perhaps just you're curious about how to expand your mind a little bit more into becoming the person you truly want to be. Contact me at thekinkdoula.com and let's see who you can become. One of the basic questions I get from folks about King and BDSM is how do I get involved in it? What do I do? How do I, you know, whatever. And obviously the first thing you want to figure out is, well, maybe not obviously. My approach to kink and BDSM and sexuality to my life really is very cerebral. I start from the head. Many people, when they're getting involved in something that has to do with their sexuality, start from their genitals, right? They're like, this really turns me on. I want to fucking do it. And that's okay. And that also might lead you into places that um, are a little bit sketchier than you need to be a little too soon. If you're thinking about what turns you on and you're really amped up because there's this new world you want to explore and you're not coming into it from the standpoint of safety, from the standpoint of consent, from the standpoint of negotiation, you could run headlong into a brick wall. And I see this happen to so many folks. And then their assumption is, I'm going to spend the rest of my career in this scene running into brick walls and everything's going to be crap. This person treated me badly. This person violated my consent. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And people just leave. And perhaps that taste was all they needed. And that wasn't something that needed to be a part of their life. However, perhaps maybe for some folks, taking it a little more slowly could be beneficial. And so what I recommend to folks when they first start thinking, I'm into kink, I'm into BDSM. I I think I want to do this. The first thing I would say to you is to try to sit and figure out the why. Why do you want what you want? Why do you think you want it? And for some things, the why is not that important. Why you pick ramen over a hot dog is not that important. It's a matter of, you know, what you want in that moment. But the whys for kink can be critical. If your why is because it is erotic and turns you on and the look of rope bondage is really sexy and really wonderful, that's cool. However, what if the why is I feel like I'm a worthless piece of shit and I need a dominatrix to step on my neck and confirm that I'm a worthless piece of shit? That's maybe not the healthiest place to come from. Now, does that mean that the person who feels that they're the worthless piece of shit and wants to dominate just to step on their neck and tell them they're a worthless piece of shit absolutely should never do that? No, I do not believe so. But what I do believe is that when you are coming into a new world of sexuality, your reasons, your rationale, your understanding are going to be very, very important. 
those are your engines. Those are what are going to sustain you through those times when either you fuck up or someone fucks up adjacent to you or someone fucks up and really harms or hurts you or damages your self-esteem or whatever else. We all have things in our life that are difficult and sometimes those difficulties overwhelm us and we have to put down that load and walk on. But sometimes the difficulties are learning steps. They are, are, they're difficulties we need to overcome in order to get to the places that we really want to be. And so if you encounter some difficulties on your first baby steps into learning about kink and BDSM, it might not be that it's not for you. It might be that you just had a bad situation or you're still learning and that was an experience you needed to have. So where are the perverts? Well, we are everywhere. I met the Spousemeister, Mr. Professor Haas of the Georg Friedrich Haases, <laughs> on OkCupid, which is one of the most basic fucking regular ass quote unquote vanilla websites out there. Or is it? The fact of the matter is no one leaves their entire life behind wholesale when they go on to be involved in the kink and BDSN community. You take parts of your past with you and we're just living our lives. And the reality is if someone has already segregated themselves into a kink community, that's great. But if you don't come and look in the broader community, you're missing the people who like you are new and on the fence or new in discovering or new in exploring or haven't committed and so what I did was I just put my desires for kink and BDSM on an okay Cupid profile. Hilariously, the side effect of that is that all the other perverts who have that same shit on their profile, about 50 to 65% in my area, I already knew I started getting matched with. So like I'd open my account and it'd be like, oh, what's up, Steve? Hey, John. Hey, Sylvia. What's up? <laughs> but then you do get the messages from folks who maybe are new to kink themselves and, and are looking to explore or have a curiosity and are just like, wait, what is that? That really got me tingling. I'm kind of into it. So my first suggestion would be as much as possible, integrate that search, that desire into the places in your life where it's appropriate. And then read, read and watch videos. When I first came into the scene, there was like, in terms of fiction, there was maybe the story of, oh, there was a shit ton of old Victorian pornography, a lot of which had SM themes. There were the Anne Rice beauty novels, which I loved so much. I just thought they were just so deliciously naughty and fun to read. Such a breeze, such delicious, awesome porn. And of course, there's plenty of regular ass uh, motion picture porn, right? There's video porn, there's film porn, there's all that shit. Check those things out. See what really gets you going. See what turns you off. Read the, the stories on the internet. There are so many places where you can get this information. Go on to Pornhub or any of these places and watch and see what gets your boat floating. If you are someone who writes, write little erotic short stories to turn yourself on, really. Plunge into that, indulge yourself, and see where that takes you. Because some of the things that I discovered when I was just fantasizing about an exciting sexual scenario is that I could see myself sometimes doing one thing and absolutely not imagine myself doing something else. And so, therefore, the role that maybe you are set for will become apparent to you. A lot of folks assume that if you decide that you are dominant, that that's what it is. And there you are, boom, you're fixed in. If you decide you're a submissive, that's it. That's how you are, boom, it's set in stone and never the twain shall meet. But that is not correct. 
because we are evolving and shifting and changing beings. We are always growing. And so one of several things could happen. You could feel as though coming into the scene that you are a dominant, that you are in charge of everything, that no one's going to fucking tell you what to do. And then realize one day that you just really want to be tied up. Does that mean you're not dominant? Well, here's the thing. If you don't know any better or any differently, you might assume that. But the reality is you can be the dominant dom on earth and enjoy the hug and caress and release of rope bondage where you are no longer in control of your limbs and your movement and your body. Even your breath can be controlled with rope bondage. Does that mean that you're not a dominant? It sure as fuck does not. What it means is that you have a skin desire that you absolutely deserve to have fulfilled. And if you close yourself off to the idea that being a dominant means doing these things, you're going to miss out on the fact that what being a dominant actually means is who you are. When I first came into the scene, I was involved in a very high protocol household. And what that meant for this household was there were a lot of rules. There were levels and structure. There was, you know, you were introduced into the house and then you were on probation and then you were being considered and then you might receive a temporary collar and you could get then a formal collar after so many years of service. There was a second head to the household who was the major domo to the main dominant. There were other submissives and other slaves and other girlfriends and partners. And it was a lot. And when that relationship wound up not working out, my assumption was that I was not fit for being a consensual slave, that that sort of power exchange, that extreme dynamic wasn't for me, that I just shouldn't, I should just back the fuck up because this is clearly not the hell where I need to fucking be. I was then blessed and graced not long after that to run into Viola Johnson, who is, in my mind, one of just the scions of the leather community as it stands today in the U.S. And she also happens to be a Black American woman who identifies as a slave, who has written her story to love, to obey, to serve, diary of an old guard slave. I'm not sure if it's still in print, but my trainer had given this to me when I first joined his household and was being considered. And it was considered pretty much sort of like the Bible of how slaves should be. And I read this book with a creeping horror because the sacrifices that she made, the way she was treated by her owners, I was horrified. And I said, this is absolutely not okay. This is not what I want. And my assumption at the time was, then I guess I'm not a slave. And so when I met Mama Vi, I said, I ran up to her and I said, Mama Vi, hi, my name is Melina. And she said, oh, yes, I know, Melina, good to meet you. And I was like, I don't know how she knows me, but, you know, this is what happens when you're the mom of everybody. You are in everybody's business. <laughs> which was so great because she already knew a little bit about me and I was so thrilled. And I told her that I was so grateful for her writing that book because it helped me to see that I was absolutely not a slave, which was cool. She then disabused me of that notion rather quickly. And I was like, okay, fine, I guess maybe, okay, fine, maybe slavery is just in my heart. But what she explained to me is that Slavery, submission, dominance, mastery, all of those things are about not what you do, but who you are 
It is part of your existence. I don't need to do anything to be a Black woman. It is my identity. I'm comfortable in it. It's awesome. And that's just who I am. I don't have to work to achieve that magnificence. And it was revolutionary and startling to me to learn that my identity could stand on its own. Now, are there people who have a different point of view? Yes. There are people who believe that unless you are actively engaged in the type of relationship that you seek, that you cannot say that you are that. But that's their choice. Please understand that people are going to do things differently, but they don't have the right in their difference to tell you that what you're doing is wrong. So hold your head up and say, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate your point of view, but this is my path and this is how I will walk it. So you're exploring your shit. You're trying to figure out what you want to do. Maybe you have your little thing out there, your little <laughs> ad looking for love in all the right places. Wherever you are in the world, there are going to be other perverts. There's other kinky people. There's other folks who are already doing the shit that you maybe want to do. There's a site called FetLife, F-E-T-L-I-F-E dot -E com. Here's the thing. You can go onto FetLife, set up a profile. It can be anonymous. It's very much like Facebook. And it was structured actually and built on that model, except everything is black and red instead of blue and white because the perverts like it dark. And what's amazing about this site is that people who are hosting events will list them there. I am going to give a caveat in terms of participating in FetLife. There's a lot of jerks. There's a lot of assholes. There's a lot of one true way-ism, as in this is what submissives do. This is how dominants are, blah, 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 blah. Take that all with a grain of salt. Go right in, figure out how to find where events are listed. Go to events in your area. Find a munch. What a munch is. It's a gathering. It takes place in a neutral environment. They're usually restaurants or coffee shops. And it's a casual way for folks who are kinky to get together and get to know one another. Vibe out, see who's there. Many munches will have an introduction time where people are welcome to introduce themselves. And they'll be like, you know, people have dinner or chat or whatever else is going on. What's great about this is that first and foremost, it enables you to sort of take a deep breath and remember that this is just people. Like Soylent Green, the BDSN community is made of people. It's people. And so all of the scariness that you might have in your mind about like leering perverts and whatever else, it's just regular ass folks. Now, keeping in mind that these regular ass folks are regular, regular ass folks, there's going to be shitheads in there. There's going to be assholes in there. There's going to be predators in there. Don't walk through the doors of any kink event and assume that the best and the brightest have been skimmed off of the top and only the most wonderful, enlightened human beings are now present in the room. We have our share, possibly sometimes, some places, even more than our share of people who do not have your best interests at heart. What I tell people is you need to be at least 18 to participate in kink and BDSM events. Most people don't figure out, uh, the, it's skewing younger, thank God, because of the internet and people are able to educate themselves so folks don't have to wait until they're in their 30s, 40s, and 50s to jump in on this. When I came in, the average age of folks participating was um, late 30s, early 40s. And now it's dropped, I'd say probably, you know, like late 20s, early 30s, which is pretty fucking cool. 
because it means that folks have a have a longer and broader experience. They're able to go in and do what they want to do. They're not spending years in shame, hiding away, thinking that their desires are fucked up, that there's something deeply wrong with them. That's fucking revolutionary. But when you walk in there, don't leave all of the training. Don't leave all of your defense mechanisms. Don't leave all of your gut instinct at the door. Bring it with you. We're not welcoming you into some incredible safe space. The only thing that's different about the kink of BDSN community than the broader community is we've all decided we want to do some freaky shit, period. Everything else is going to be more or less the same. (sighs) Okay, so it's so funny because now I feel like I'm teaching a class and I'm like, any questions, but there's no one here except me, my mic, and my phone. I really want to stress this, though. And maybe I'm repeating myself and this is boring and you're like, shut up, move on to the next thing. But you really need to make sure that you're giving yourself permission to do this shit. Because if you go in there and you have some crazy shit go down or or you feel uncomfortable, you start to feel wonky and you start to blame yourself and feel like, again, there's something wrong with you, you're going to fucking burn your blessings, okay? Be kind to yourself. Be extra kind to yourself when you are exploring something new because you will fuck something up. You will hurt someone's feelings. You will have your feelings hurt. You will discover that the kink leather and BDSM communities are very much like you're suddenly right the fuck back in high school with the cliques and the beautiful kids and the ones who are cool and the nerds and the geeks and the gearheads and all that shit. It is the same shit, y'all. I feel like because so much sexual exploration starts when we're adolescents, that somehow that adolescent energy gets brought back into so many of these communities for better and for worse, really. So make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Read, watch, and listen. Listen. Listen to the folks as they speak. Listen to their body language. Listen to the eye contact. Listen to the fact that there are so many people who are neurodivergent and therefore you're going to have to be on top of your game in order to make sure that your communication skills are in line with the people with whom you're communicating. And get to know how to say no. The only hard and fast rule that everyone sure as fuck needs to be agreeing on in the communities across the board is consent. Everything else is up for grabs, but consent is not. When I first came into the scene, SSC was the rule of the day. SSC was an acronym for SAFE sane and consensual. And that came up back in the 80s because folks who were spearheading the movement to educate folks about HIV and AIDS were presenting BDSM and kink as a healthy and safe alternative to the types of sexuality that were killing people. And this was at a time when the transmission vectors and everything else were just being understood. There was a lot of really shameful bigotry against gay folks, assuming that this was a quote unquote gay disease, et cetera. And so folks were saying, you know what we need to do? We need to show that there are other ways to have sex that are as fulfilling or even more fulfilling than the types of sex that are riskier. And so what can we do? And how do we spin this? And so safe, sane, and consensual was a great way to say, hey, you know what? What we're doing is safe. 
There are very little ways to transmit bodily fluids, tying someone up. It's sane, as in we're not doing some crazy shit. This is all reasonable. We've talked about it. And it's consensual, as in we're all agreeing that we are engaging in this journey together. And SSC became the order of the day forever. My thing was, when I first heard this, I was like, that's great. But sane? That's really fluid. I happen to think that skiing is insane. I happen to think you're a fucking idiot if you ski. There are people I love dearly who ski, and I pray for them every winter. Because <laughs> you're on two sticks hurling at like 45 miles an hour, I don't know, into a tree, possibly. One mistake, and you could break your face. I don't want my face broken, so I don't ski. Well, I skied once, twice. Cross-country skiing a few times, because if you fall down cross-country skiing, you fall down. That's fine. Downhill skiing, you're a psycho. So it always seemed to me that that was a little bit wonky. And then another suggestion came through. How about a slightly different sort of saying for the perverts? And so someone came up with RACK, R-A-C-K, which is risk-aware consensual kink. And that landed for me because I can be aware of risks and I can give consent and I can be kinky. And so to me, this seemed really to be very much to drill down to the heart of what we're doing, because we're aware that what we're doing is risky and we're doing it with consent. And the thing about consent, I want to make this clear. The consent is not just between you and the other people with whom you are engaging. It is also your internal consent. You have to give yourself permission to do the things you are seeking to do. If you are unable to give yourself permission, if guilt is dragging you down, stop, wait, pause. When I first came into the scene, I had some pretty nutso ideas about some scenes I really wanted to do. And I thought, this is wonderful. I'm among kinky perverts. They'll be able to help me figure out how to do this safely. What I didn't realize is that saying to folks, hey, you know what? I think I kind of want to do like an antebellum South plantation slavery thing was one of the most controversial things you could say, even to perverts. I was called a lot of names. I was treated very poorly. I had other African-American submissive people tell me that I was harming them by talking about this topic because there were certainly going to be white people who were going to treat them poorly because of the fact that some other black person said that she wanted to engage in this type of role play and fantasy. I said, I think I'm kind of doing you a favor, actually, because if someone says that shit, they've outed themselves as a fucking maniac. <laughs> someone says, hey, this other person said this thing, so that must mean you want to do it. I'm like, you've just cleared that person through your TSA free checklist because now you know that they're a fucking douchebag. So you're welcome. Right. Many folks did not see it that way. And the reality is it took a lot for me. I want to pat myself on the back to continue on this journey after being told by dozens of people locally and hundreds of people around the world that I was fucked up and needed therapy. And I said to myself, you know what? I don't believe that that is true. I do not believe that I am fucked up and I need therapy. I believe that I am someone who has a lot in my soul to work through. And this might be a way to do some of that work. And so that's why I jumped in and explored. And I hope that you jump in and explore if you have that desire and that you do so in a way that is safe for you and in a way that is at your pace 
I do recommend the book that I co-authored that you should definitely check out. No one had written a book about just how to come into the scene from zero. And so we got together and did that. We no longer have a working relationship myself and the co-author, but the book still stands. And it's available pretty cheaply, I think, on Amazon. I think on the ebook is maybe like two bucks, which is great. I won't ever see a penny of that, but that's okay. That was my service to the community. <laughs> Take a gander, read it, see what resonates for you. And please, in your explorations, pay attention to your body. Pay attention to what your mind does when you consider these concepts, when you consider dominance, when you consider submission. And remember that your choice, if you decide, you know what, I'm going to explore this as a dominant, I'm going to explore this as a submissive, I'm going to explore this as a switch, which are the greedy motherfuckers who will not commit to one side or the other, which is amazing. There's so many people for whom the fluidity of their lives means that switching is best for them. That's awesome. There's some people who identify as kittens and puppies and llamas and birds. There's some people who identify as coaches or as team members. Whatever it is that you bring to the table, you can elevate that and make that your identity. And at any point, you can layer those identities. You can shift them. You can drop one and pick up another. You can pick up three. This is the beautiful freedom of what we're talking about here. It's a way to do a psychosexual exploration with the freedom of having that internal journey be one that you share with other human beings. And that's kind of sacred and that's kind of beautiful. <laughs> I love you and I love this for you. And I love that maybe you're considering these explorations. And I want you to know that it's going to be hard sometimes. I have had... So many moments where I wanted to give up and walk away. I've had so many times where people have hurt me. And I'm sure I've hurt other people. And I don't regret it. I don't regret the times that I've been hurt. My hope is that the harm or the hurt that I have caused other people help them to grow somehow. Because I know that so much of the harm and hurt that was inflicted upon me grew me and made me stronger, and made me ready for the next wave, and the next, and the next. I don't believe that the goal in the scene is to have a smooth, uninterrupted ride. I believe the goal in the scene is whenever you walk out, either because you've passed away or because you decided to move on to something else with your life, you have a stash of experiences and stories that have made you better, faster, stronger, bigger, more awesome, and more gorgeous. Thanks for listening. And I meant it when I said I loved you because I do. And I feel you and I see you. And my hope is that today you're able to take one more step towards whatever your joy and pleasure is. You've been listening to All That and Mo. Thanks so much for spending your precious, precious time with me today. My podcast is produced by Cody Crabb, theme music by Georg Friedrich Haas, as performed by Marcus Weiss. And I look forward to spending time with you again really soon. Mm-hmm.